broadcasting from an undisclosed location. From a secret hunting spot known only to him. And the guy who told him about it. And possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Welcome to another week of The Hunting Show. I'm your host, Stephen Spargo, and I'm loving this time of the year. Isn't it great that you can leave work, and particularly where I live in the central North Island, I can leave work, be in the bush within half an hour, and get three, four, five hours of hunting in after work before I need to be home or need to be out of there, and still go to work the next day feeling not quite as fresh as normal, but certainly nothing too dodgy. So I'm loving it. I'm liking doing that it's a shame that maybe it hasn't rained a little bit more and saying that it's raining outside my house right now in fact you may be able to hear the rain on the roof last week's show with Dougie was an interesting one most of you emailed me and said how great it was to have girls out there hunting and uh, and what she had to say was really interesting and we gas bagged on just a little bit and one of you sent me a video from YouTube and it wasn't that you were trying to take the piss out of Dougie. It was just a really funny video about women and hunting. And the neat thing is it translates really well for radio. And I'm going to play that for you right now just because I thought it was funny. And uh, this is it here. It's a guy called Bill, and the title of the video is Deer Hunting with His Wife. Not very long, about four minutes. And just when I thought I'd done the stupidest thing a man could do, I surpassed it. I took my wife deer hunting. Big mistake. I should have known there was going to be trouble. We're driving out to where we're going to go hunting, and we're passing these deer crossing signs. And my wife, who's the smartest person I've ever met in my life, literally said, why do they put those out there? Deer can't read. (laughs) No, but they do recognize pictures of themselves. Here's your sign. Let me set the scene for you. I got on camouflage pants, I got on a camouflage jacket, I got camouflage paint on my face. I have got a 1997 30-06 with a laser scope. She is in a yellow jogging suit, white tennis shoes, and she brought her purse. I'm here to kill a deer, she's gonna take it shopping. Now, let me clarify something here. I'm not just a weekend bush hunter. I study deer. I know for a fact that there are over 60 different types of deer on this great earth of ours. One of them is called the Munt Jack. It's in Southeast Asia. It stands 20 inches high at the shoulders. It has no antlers, and when it gets scared, it gets real skittish. Where I'm from, that's a poodle. (laughs) I know that there are basically three ways to hunt a deer. You can do the stalk. That's where you get on your feet, and you walk, and you try to sneak up on that buck of your choice. There is the stand hunt. That's where you sit in a tree and you wait for that buck to walk underneath you. There's the drive hunt. That's where you hit a deer with your truck. For those of you taking notes, the third one's the easiest. So my wife and I are up on the deer stand, and any of you hunters out there, you know what I'm talking about. It's the perfect time of day. It's still morning. It's dark. It's cold. You're making steam with your breath. Off in the distance, a turkey gobbles as he wakes up for the morning. In the distance, a squirrel scampers through the dead leaves. It's the perfect time of day. It's quiet. Kinda. Because in the darkness, I keep hearing this. (sighs) 
waiting for the deer to show up, Princess, okay? didn't return the phone call to set up the meeting. Now, please be quiet. Bill, I've got to pee. Well, there's a coffee can. Here's a wake-up call. The sun has come up, and in the clearing stands a buck. If he's 10 points, he's 15, and I'm just... You are on the wall. <laughs> and this is what I hear. Oh, isn't he cute? He looks like Bambi's dad. Remember we saw the movie with the kids? Yes, I remember the movie. It was a cartoon. Now shut up. Well, you're not going to shoot him, are you? What do you think I brought this gun for? <laughs> Protection? You think that deer might run up this tree and rob us? She freaks. She starts going, run, dear, run, run, run. It's the only time in my life I've ever heard a deer laugh at me. God bless you. Thank you very much for your laughter tonight. Good night. I'm not going to say a whole lot about that video, and I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail about it, but it was very funny, and, and I left my microphone on, and I tried not to laugh all the way through that, and I, unfortunately it didn't quite work out. This week's interview is with Cam from Lower New Zealand, and you, you guys have all probably heard of Lower. It's a manufacturer of boots, and that's kind of the topic for today's show. Cam, how are you going? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. Now, first of all, before we go into to boots and what to look for, tell us a little bit about your background. My background? So I come from the, an outdoor background before I got into sales, working as a ski patroller and a raft guide in New Zealand and all around the world. Yeah. Um, and spent three years working for Scarpa before I moved to Lower. So had a lot of time with um, outdoor products and outdoor boots. So yeah, yeah. So you're not only an expert on selling them, you're also an expert on using them, and that's a, that's always good to hear. One thing that I suppose yeah. that I've come to realise, and that is that there's different boots for different styles of hunting, and then also I've I've also got my head around a little bit better now what makes a really good boot. So first of all. Different styles of hunting. What should you be looking for, for example, in a stalking boot? Well, in a stalking boot, you want to have a uh, softer sole. Yeah. So when you're moving through the bush, it's not going to be making too much noise and it's going to um, you know, not break sticks or um, send the animals away. Yeah. Um, with the softer sole as well and a softer fleet than the midsole, um, you've got a more natural movement to, to move through the bush. So it's definitely one thing you want to look for. And then uh, you, if you're doing some high country stuff, particularly South Island hunting, that's different again, isn't it? It's different again. So with all of our boots, they have um, nylon midsoles through them or nylon stabilisers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different variances in, in, um, in its stiffest state. So um, say with the Tibet GTX, which is our um, top boot for going out and hunting tar and going into the high country, that has a five millimetre stabiliser 
the whole way through it. So it's a nice, good, solid boot, which you could, you know, crampon compatible. You know that when you put place that boot down on some, you know, steep, uneven terrain, it's going to hold you where you need to be. One thing I was actually going to say is that one thing a lot of people don't know is the different terminology. So when you're looking at a hunting boot, and that's what the the topic of the show is, you've got the last, the shank, the all sorts of stuff. What what are all those terms? Can you think of a couple just so they, when they're going into the store, they're asking those questions. What have they got to ask? So I guess with the last, the last is actually the it's term is it's, it's the widest part of your foot. Right. So when most Kiwi guys generally tend to have a wide foot, so when they're talking to the guys in the store, they want to ask how wide the last is. Is, is it an extra wide or is it a is it a narrow boot? Um, and so when you when you're trying them on, you want to make sure it's comfy through there. So especially with ours, it's pretty good. All of our boots come in a wide last. Um, when they're talking about the rand, um, this is a protective rubber that's just run around the outside of the boot. So in the likes of something like a Tibet, which is, you know, you're using up in the high country, it's got a nice thick rubber rand around it, so that's for its protection, protecting the leather in the boot and high, um, you know, high wearing areas. Yeah. Um, and they step down as you go into sort of more of a, a bush boot. The rand is a bit smaller. Um, and then it's something, say, like our Z8, which is our new boot out, which is um, an awesome stalking and hunting boot that has a, a very light rand on it, just due, due to the usage usage of it. I've just managed to get myself a pair of those Z8s, and I haven't tried them as yet. They're, they're sitting in the box, and I'm looking forward to, to giving those a burn. And one thing I've noticed about Lower is, and, and this isn't a commercial interview, you guys aren't paying for this, I've just noticed that it's, it's very much the, the quality in the manufacturing. And what, do, what does Lower do that's different to, say, the likes of a cheap boot to keep that quality control up high? Well, they have, we've got two different factories, the main one in Germany. So all of our boots are handmade. Um, and, of course, you know what the Germans are like. They're very meticulous about, about everything. Yeah. So <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the other main things that kind of steps the guys apart, I mean, is their, their soles and sails are made out of a PU compared to an, an EVA. Most boots are made out of an EVA, and that will, that's where your cushioning and comforts come from. Yeah. Um, an EVA actually breaks down a lot quicker than a polyurethane sole. So, you know, the boots last a lot longer. You know, there's high um, quality control through the factories. The company's basically two main pillars is quality and comfort. And anyone that puts the boots on notices that straight away, you know. Um, it's, it's very impressive. What I, would, what I was actually wondering is why, though? Why, why is handmade... And this sounds crazy, but obviously, why is handmade better than machine-made? Surely with machine-made boots, there's that consistency every single time. But then I suppose with handmade boots, they notice when something is wrong or the machine hasn't worked. Is that what it is, or is there more to the story? Yeah, you've just got, that, it's, you've just got more of that quality control over the, over the product when you're making it. You know, There's a certain way to do it, and they make sure it happens that way all the time. Um, you know, most, of the, most of our boots are board-lasted, which is the... Um, so all the sole units are actually sort of four to five different um, components that get put together, mm-hmm. and you know that when you when you're putting that together each time, doing it by hand, yeah. you know you're doing it right. You know, so they take the time and effort to make sure that it's you know of the highest quality. And and 
this interview wasn't just about lower boots, although that's kind of your thing. When Mr. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not going to hold that against you, but when Mr. <laughs> when Mr. Bruce Hunter goes into the shop and he's wanting to buy himself a new pair of boots, what what are the questions he should be asking? I mean, in theory, the sales assistant's going to be asking him questions, but I, I wonder sometimes how long how often that happens. So what what, what should he yeah. be saying? What should he be asking? I think it's more not so much asking, it's more telling the guys in the stores what he's what he's doing, what he's intending to use the boot for. Because you know, there's so many different boots out there for so many different uses and if and if the if the attendant isn't asking him those questions, he needs to be saying, Hey look, you know, like a guy from the South Island is like, I'm I wanna buy a boot for hunting tar, I wanna be up there in the in the winter and I want to make sure it's crampon compatible, you know, things like that, telling them, then the sales assistant will have an idea of what kind of boot, you know, specific boot for the usage of what the guys are using, you know. Something they, they should also um, ask about is obviously the width, how, how wide is the last in this boot, if you do have a wide foot. Yeah. Um, and something I also think they should ask about is the care of the product. Yes, you know, I was going to how, get how to that. I, how should I care this? How should I look after this product? You know, what's the best? What's the best? You know, leather cream, or can I use animal-based stuff, and all, all those sort of questions. You know, because there's a couple of things that people make or mistakes that people make with boots all the time, isn't there? For example, if it's a breathable boot, and then they're going and chucking something on there that's going to 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 really mess that up, isn't it? So tell us a bit more about that. Well, without calling products names, let's out. not do that. Let's not do. No, that. we won't do that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, just a couple of mistakes generally is um, when they're cleaning them. If they're gonna, if it's a Gore-Tex breathable boot, certain oils that you can put on the boot will actually block the pores of the leather, so it doesn't become breathable again. Like you're protecting it from, <coughs> they're protecting it say from the, the snow or something like that. Um, but by doing that, you're blocking the pores of the leather. That doesn't that doesn't help the leather. It makes it less breathable. Mm. Um, certain some of the likes of our products, um, our boots, you, you're not meant to use animal-based oils or um, creams on them because it acts as a solvent with the um, glue and the rands, and it will completely it'll completely come off. So, but then again, some other brands you, you'll be able to use, you know animal-based mm. products, your, your beeswaxes and that kind of thing. But I think as, as long as you, you ask, you know, the guys, what's what's the best, what's the best uh, leather creams, what's the best water stops um, for this for this specific boot that they've, they've ended up buying, you know. Yeah. And it's you, all good getting the right boot, but you've got to look after it, you know. That's exactly right. And then there's the whole issue with force drying too. When we were kids and when I was a scout, when I was a young fella, you'd go up and walk up to the hut and everyone had wet boots and they'd all be right next to the fireplace, you know, yeah. forced drying. And of course, not a cool idea, is it? No, it's not. It's, um, it's buckle, it's buckles the leather, dries it out, makes it really hard. Yeah. We've actually had boots come back with guys, um, you know, forced drying them in front of the fire and the, the, the whole toe has Completely caved in from the from the pressure of the from the pressure of the leather drying out so quickly and shrinking. Yeah, yeah. So best to just you know not in direct sunlight, just not not in front of the fire. You know, just somewhere nicer they can dry air dry yeah. naturally. And 
going forward, if if you're going into the shop, you've asked all those questions and they're not, you don't think you're getting anywhere. What do you do? Because I've I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories about guys <laughs> going in. They've asked the questions and then they've been shown the same POS boots that you can get at every single sports shop. And yeah, you know, as hunters, we should be. We should be going. I mean, obviously, some of us have budget problems. I'm one of those, but we've we've yeah. got to go out to the best boot that we can afford, or that's going to do the job. Um, what do you do then? What do you do if you just don't feel like you're getting the right advice? Ask for the manager. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, at this day and age, mate. You know, like I think a lot of guys are pretty onto it, and they're, they're spending a lot of time. Um, you know, researching products and boots and that before they go into the store. Yeah. Um, and if you're not doing that, it's probably a good idea to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's plenty of good blogs around, you know, listening to your show, there'll be guys talking about products as well. Oh, all the time. They they certainly let me know about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. And then, like, if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, mate, again, you can ask to talk to someone else or, I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? You're hoping that you're going to you're going to be getting the right kind of information. Um, going forward from that, though, there's always this strange thing about boots and shoes particularly and warranties and what's covered and what's not. Um, yeah. You, must, you guys even must grapple with that all the time. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what to expect, particularly of a lower warranty, but in general, what, what, are they, what can you expect from a warranty from a shoe or a boot? Well, most, most warranties generally is, is for you know, manufacturing and default. So mm. like say the likes of our boots when you when you purchase them, hopefully if the guy in the store hasn't told you to um have a look inside the box, um, we actually hand out information on how to care for your boots. Yeah. And so, you know, how to clean them, when to put the um leather cream on, when to put the water stop on, um, you know, how often you need to do it, that kind of thing. Um so as long as you're following <clears throat> you know a specific way to look after the boots, then generally if something goes wrong with it and you send it back, it'll be warranted. Yeah. If you uh, if you never clean your boots, you bang them on, go wander around the farm, <laughs> yeah. you know, milk, milk the bloody cows and then uh, <laughs> and never clean them, then yeah. I wouldn't expect to get a warranty, you know. Yeah. Um, so most of the time, most warranties are through manufacturing and defaults and it's for the lifetime of the product. So when... When someone says it's got a lifetime warranty, it's not actually your life, so you can't buy those boots <laughs> and bring them back when you're 80 years old and yeah. say, "No, I need a new pair of boots." Um, it's, it's for the duration of the product, and that, and again, it's it's a bit of a grey zone as well, you know. Say the like, say you buy a pair of boots and you wear them, you're a, a full-time hunter and you wear them every single day. You're at the possum trapping and doing whatever. Yeah. Compared to say, I might buy the same pair of boots and just be a, a weekend warrior and use them once a month we're going to last me a lot longer you know so it's just about being realistic with the products and you know mm. their, um, and making sure again that you've got the right right boots for what you want to use it for now Cam the other day you and I had a discussion about the differences between men and women's boots and I always thought that a woman's boot was just the same thing but a little bit smaller uh, or not quite <laughs> as wide but lower even again this sounds like a, um, an infomercial sometimes but lower actually redesigned the boot all the way from the top up but what should a, a, if we've got any woman listening still after what I played earlier in the show what should they be listening <laughs> what should they be looking for in a, in a boot 
Um, I think, again, it's, they should be looking for comfort, you know. They want a good, solid, comfortable boot. Again, there's a lot of women out there that hunt really hard, so they need to make sure that they're using the, you know, the specific <laughs> yeah. boot for their use as well. So um, whether it be, um, like we have, obviously, it sounds like an infomercial, but hey, got to plug my product. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> we, have a be- we have a beautiful boot called the Moria, which is... Um, Specifically, woman design. It's got a it's got a five to three mil stabilizer on it, and what they've done at the back is that they've they've cut the the heel away at the up above your ankle, so that when they're, when they're walking downhill, it's not digging into their calves. Another thing, what they've put in is a is a comfort cuff because women's calves generally tend to run a bit lower than men's. Um, so any kind of it's just ours. There's other there's other brands out there with great women's boots. If, if they just check, make sure that they've done some specific things for you know a woman's foot compared to a man a man's foot as well. You know, yeah. but comfort is comfort is definitely key. You know, yeah. comfort and the right product. And you know, you're not going to go buy a soft shoe to yeah. go and, and hunt tar with your boyfriend. Are you? Well, that's right. And if my wife was listening, she'd tell tell you that men's feet stink more than women's feet as well. Yeah. Um, if, it's shoppers than us anyway. Yeah, look, I, look, I don't want to harp on about this, but my wife, when it comes to clothes, and this is not hunting clothes, that's my domain, but she is serious about making sure that I get the right stuff, eh? It's, it's, it's yeah, always exactly. a mission, yeah. And, and sometimes she listens to the show, so I've got to be careful what I say here. Um, look, if, if someone wants to find out more about, about what to look for on a boot. Do you recommend going to the forums? I sometimes wonder about that. You know, you go into these forums, and the problem with them is it's the end game, isn't it? It's just what people say yeah. when they're annoyed. You don't see the good comments as often. Um, where can yeah. they go to find good, reliable information? Well, you can go to lower.co.nz <laughs> to uh, I, knew, I knew you'd say that. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The other thing is, I mean, forums are good in some senses, but you've just got to take them as a pinch of salt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Take from it what you like. I mean, everyone's going to have their own boot or product that they think is the duck's nuts, and that's going to work well for them, right? But mm. um, that may not necessarily work well for you. So I think, obviously, going to um, brands' actual websites themselves and, and looking, you know, just grabbing a couple of different brands and the same sort of style of boot that you want and, and checking them out, you know, yeah. before you make your final purchase. Because you want, you know, a lot of, gen, as a general rule, rule, you know, high quality boots, if that's what you're looking for, aren't cheap. Yeah. So you want to make sure you've made the right decision before you yeah. get on off into the bush or into the high country. And it's not something you buy every single day, is it? No, exactly, exactly. So you want to just take that time, you know, check, have a quick look through a couple of forums, and then, um, you know, just check out a couple of the websites as well, and the brands, and I think that'll, that'll help. Yeah, absolutely, Cam. And it's interesting because you guys have also supplied the Hunters Club as well with Dave Shaw and, and all those guys that are involved with that. Um, and, and I had some really good reports back from them. They're stoked with those Z8s. These are the same boots that I've managed to get myself a pair of. Yeah, um, huge hype around the Z8 at the moment. Any, it's just nothing but good yep. said about any of the guys that are using it. And yeah. I'm going to let some listeners know what I think of them in a couple of weeks' time. But can, what, what makes the Z8 such a good boot? Well, what they tried to do, it's, it's actually part of our special forces um, range. So we have a tactical range that we supply um, a bunch of the armies around the world. We actually supply the Z8 as a um, standard issue boot to the New Zealand Army now. 
So what they wanted to do was they wanted to make a boot that had a solid, stable platform for carrying um, heavy packs and, and unstable grounds, but have like the likes of the mountain boot GTX, which is what the you know the the, the stiffer boot is. But they wanted to make it as comfortable as an as, a, as an old as some of the older stalking boots. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of this beautiful mess of the two. You've got this really nice, comfortable sort of stalking feel to a boot, but because of its because of its solid platform and the, it's got this polyurethane wrap on the sides, which makes it laterally um, more stable as well. Yeah. So they've they've really nailed it home in the fact that they, they've you know they've set out and made what they wanted to make a nice, beautiful, comfy boot that guys can carry forty kg you know packs with in certain areas. I mean, obviously, you can't take that up into the high country and bang a pair of um, <laughs> crampons on it. Yeah. But pretty much everywhere else, it's 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 going to fast become most people's go-to boot, I'd say. Yeah, and it's a good-looking boot as well, not that that really matters when you're running around in the bush. Cam, yeah, the what? army call it the Gucci boot. Oh, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Cam, thank you so much for your time. You've been a, a really great inf- interview, and I hope that the listeners out there have actually got a better picture of what to look for in a boot and, and what to go about it or how to go about it and also a little bit of warranty information. Cam, you've mentioned the website, but your website once, so check it on there one more time. If they want more information, where do they go? Lower.co.nz. And thanks very much, mate, and I've really enjoyed it. Oh, Good. Look- and, and you know you're an all right interview. You, you coped. We got we got through it. <laughs> <laughs> got there in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah you were too nervous. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to go and have a beer now. I think I've I've earned it. I'd like you to do the yeah, same, no. mate. And um and we'll catch up very soon. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Let's catch up soon. Cheers. After last week's call out for some hunting events around the country. A couple of you did send some uh, events in. One of you was the Thames Valley Deerstalkers Association, and thank you very much for sending that information. Unfortunately, the show's going to air a little bit after your event. Um, it's life. Um, you've, you've sent it in, and I know I didn't give a whole lot of notice. But please, guys, send it, keep going. Keep sending me information. Tell me about your events. And this part of the show, I'll be able to read them out, tell people all about them, and tell them how to find out more information. And, and I promise you, if you give me plenty of notice, and do give me plenty of notice, uh, send them through really early. Info at thehuntingshow.co.nz. That information will end up at the end of the show and uh, hopefully help your event get a few more entrants or just get your club's name out there. That's another week. I'm Stephen Spargo. It was a pleasure talking to you. Behave and good hunting. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.